0: Luke chapter 14, and I'll start reading at verse 12. To give you just a word of context, Jesus is is having a meal at a Pharisee's house. And Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or relations, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a a field and I must go and see it, please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out, please excuse me. Still another said, I've just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Uh, Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still more room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, as you told that story uh, to those Pharisees, um, I pray that you would be here uh, telling the story again to us and that you would invoke in our hearts the response that you wanted to evoke in theirs. Speak to us and transform us. Show us yourself. Amen. I don't know what, what you think the point of this story is. What, the, what would you assume if you were to read it to yourself, if you were to have to turn to the person next to you and say, okay, the point of the story is, I wonder what you would say. Um, you might say that it is about God's unlimited generosity, uh, inviting everyone to this great banquet. Uh, it's not just for the sorted among us. It's for all of us. We come um, as, as broken people, um, and God welcomes us into his party. And, and you'd be right. That's definitely one of the levels of the story. Um, you might say that it's about... Um, it's about being generous to the poor. Uh, you might say that it is about the need to reflect the generosity of God in the way that we deal uh, hospitably with those who can't repay uh, our kindness to them. Um, and I think you'd be, you'd be right about that as well. Um, and I think there's also a third level to the story, um, which is which might feel less important to us, but definitely hung quite heavy in the room, I think, as Jesus told the story, that it is, is partly, actually, about the failure of the people of Israel to respond to what God was doing among them by sending Jesus. You'll see a little bit more about that as we go through the story, but I think that all three of these levels exist within what Jesus is doing in telling this story, And all three will pop up as we look, just very briefly, just for a few minutes, um, at the story. In some ways, as with any story, the danger is that by explaining it, you dissect it and you kill it, in fact. Um, The story is in many ways relatively obvious. But I just want to point a few things out that might help us, nudge us, um, to feel the weight that the Pharisees listening would have heard. Now, if you can imagine the, the room um, where Jesus would have told this story, people would have been uh, reclining uh, on couches. So you didn't eat, sat at a table. You sat uh, reclining with your head towards the table and your feet sort of out at an angle. Um, it sounds dreadful dreadful for your digestive system, I have to say. Um, and the order in which you sat was a very clear indication of your status. So the further up the table you were towards the host, the more your status uh, was in that dinner party. Um, so even where you're sat at the table uh, was loaded to some degree. And within that, uh, within that context of everyone being uh, so what, so concerned about status, Jesus said, no, you should be inviting the cripples and the lame and the, the poor. Everyone, everyone who has no status in society should be given pride, pride of place at your dinner parties. It was a radical thing to say. Um, and within that bombshell, he tells uh, this story. And I just want to point a few things out. The first is simply this, this idea that heaven or the afterlife or whatever awaits us is described as a banquet. The church has been terrible at talking about what awaits us in the afterlife. And we, a lot of us still have this impression of some sort of disembodied existence on a cloud, you know, in white robes. Just the thought of me having to wear a, a white robe for the rest of my life. Um, it just, just really isn't good for my figure. Um, and, and I don't really like the harp. But, you know, but that... I'm sorry, I hope there's no harpists here. <laughs> but that's our impression sometimes, isn't it? That, that what you're invited into in the Christian story is, a, is, is this disembodied uh, existence that doesn't actually really mean anything and has nothing dynamic about it. But Jesus describes it as a banquet. Um, and we see that appearing elsewhere. In fact, you can see from the comment that happens that triggers Jesus' story. The idea that it was a feast, that the afterlife would be a feast, was an idea that was already present in, uh, as you see uh, in the comment made by the Pharisee, blessed are those who eat the feast in the kingdom of God. And we see that affirmed elsewhere in the Bible. At the end of Revelation, again, there's this invitation to the supper of the Lamb. Um, The Bible's full of these wonderful references uh, that we will be satisfied uh, as uh, as one version puts it in psalm 63 we'll be satisfied with marrow and fatness um, now in our culture of course we we trim off all the fat um, i should probably do that a little bit more often but it's actually jolly tasty um, and certainly in that culture that was that was the very embodiment of lavishness and enjoyment was to was to really chew on the fat from the animal um, that's the invitation, it's something, it's something deeply experiential, it's lavish, it's rich, um, it will be full of joy. And it's also very relational, it's an invitation to a dinner party, it's, it's an invitation into community. Now if I invite you to dinner, you know you would experience that as some sort of offering of friendship. Um, in that culture, far more so. That was a huge statement of inclusion to be invited to a dinner party. Um, So that's just that simple and relatively obvious point that begins, that the invitation of faith is the invitation to a banquet. Um, and, And secondly, there's this very simple idea that we are all invited. Now, you might wince the way in which this works out in the story, because of course in the story, it's when all the rich friends don't appear, then uh, everyone else gets to come uh, to the party. It's a sense of uh, being invited because uh, because there's space for you. You know, it doesn't sound massively welcoming, does it? And of course, in the first place, I, I would say that you know Jesus is basically using that as a technique to keep the the story moving, but it also reflects this this dynamic with the people of Israel. So let me just say a word or two about uh, what that meant. The people of Israel, um, in some ways, were the first to be invited to the banquet. Um, They were the people of God that God had appointed right back at the beginning of the story of the Bible. Um, But they were appointed to be the presence of God in the world. They were appointed to be God's blessing overflowing from them and into the lives of all of uh, those in creation. And of course, what eventually happened is they kind of missed that point and they were rather enjoying that sense of being the important, blessed ones and had forgotten that sense of actually being a channel of God's blessing to everyone. Um, one One of the motifs of Jesus' coming is this idea that God finally bypasses the people of Israel in handing his blessing to everyone. Uh, there is now this welcome to everyone, whether you are Jew or Gentile, uh, uh, in the gospel. That's uh, one of the themes of, uh, of the whole New Testament. Um, and so what Jesus is saying to his, his Jewish uh, dinner guests or dinner friends is that actually by rejecting me, by rejecting Jesus, you're missing the whole point. You're missing the invitation that has actually been yours from the very beginning. Uh, You're failing ultimately to respond to the invitation that God is giving you. And therefore, the invitation now goes direct to everyone. So, So that might explain a little bit why the story happens in quite the order that it happens. But the point, of course, is that simply Jesus extends the invitation to everyone. We are all invited into community with him. And that is regardless of our wealth, regardless of our status, regardless of what's going on in our lives. All the things that we think might prevent us from being accepted and loved and delighted in by God. None of that actually stops us. God welcomes us in uh, with open arms. So there's that sense of all being invited to this banquet. But thirdly, there's also this sense that we need to respond to the invitation that's been given to us. Um, How this would have functioned in the story uh, is that the messages would have gone out a while before saying, I'm going to be having this party uh, but, of course, there weren't sort of, you know, there wouldn't have been written invites or, you know, e-vites on an email. You wouldn't have clicked yes at any point in this invitation process. When the party was ready, then simply what would have happened is the servants would have gone out to collect everyone that already knew the party was happening. Um, and I think that there is a sense in which we can give this sort of a sense to the idea of the party, but not actually in the in the end, come and join the party, respond fully to the invitation. And in many ways it might be that coming along to church feels a little bit like that initial level of invitation. You kind of, you know, you're aware of a sense of invitation into the community. Um, but it might be that you haven't responded more fully to the invitation that God has given you which is an invitation into relationship into a personal living relationship uh, with God among the community of believers and if if that's not something that you've stepped into um, then actually in many ways you're functioning rather like the friends in the story here Uh, you're ultimately missing out on uh, on what it's really all about um, the, the three excuses are somewhat comedic that, uh, that the friends give but there's a sense that they are representative of all of the friends everyone to a person has rejected the invitation in the story and he gives us these three examples this, uh, this one who went out to buy a field and he's gone to look at it which is just all a bit wrong isn't it we, we know from uh, can you imagine buying a house without even looking at it. There's, it's, Jesus is setting it up as, a, as an insane nonsense uh, excuse for not coming to the party. Um, and you could say the same thing about the, the oxen, which is the second excuse, that sense of, well, you don't buy oxen and then without having tried them out. Um, but, of course, there's also this... There's, some commentators suggest that the other angle on that is simply that... Some, they, he wanted to just go and check them out just go and you know, have a bit of fun with the oxen yeah, he's got these new oxen, let's go and see what they're like yeah, going, which is the idea of the car that's going for a burn uh, again the idea then would be that sense of well you're being caught up with something really non-urgent you've got your priorities all wrong um, and then there's this, this third one um, if you notice that the third um, Excuse that I, I've I've uh, I've just got married, so I can't come. Is is some ways it's the most it's the most reasonable, given that actually culturally, there's the argument is that this probably was a men-only party. Make of that what you will, um, but so actually a wife couldn't have come. That's that's possibly the case. Um, But it's a a lot more abrupt than the other two. The other two are so, oh, please excuse me. They're actually quite polite in there, even if their reasons are a bit nonsense. This third one is, I'm sorry, not coming. There's no no sense of polite uh, excusing. And there is that sense that actually this person knew the party was coming and would have known that they were going uh, to be getting married um, so it kind of suggests that they weren't really serious in the first place about the invitation that was being offered to them. So that, anyway, all three of these excuses are somewhat dysfunctional. I think that's the, that's the point. Jesus is saying, actually, you know what, there are no good excuses. There are no reasonable, logical uh, reasons not to come to the banquet that is being put on for you. Um, And if you you think you do have one, and obviously that's not to say that we shouldn't come with our questions and our concerns and think carefully about the invitation of faith. Um, But it is that sense that actually if you think you've got a really good excuse, come and chat because I'd love to talk about whether or not there's a way around that. Um, So heaven is a banquet. We are all invited And yet, we all have to respond to that invitation. And then, uh, one last point is simply this: other point that our our unrepaid hospitality to others points to Christ. Um, The whole point of this story is that those who came to the party didn't deserve to come in some ways; they 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 would never be able to repay the generosity. Jesus makes it very clear that that's actually the whole point to some degree. And that's the same for us. When we come to this banquet, uh, we come undeserving and unable to repay the generosity, but we come as delighted in guests. And that generosity generosity to us needs to overflow into the lives of those around us. Part of the way we respond to the invitation of Christ Um, is to allow his hospitality to flow into the lives of those around us. And, of course, this was the failure uh, of Israel in wanting to sort of hog that sense of being God's people all to themselves and not to be a blessing to the the world. We as a church um, are God's people, but not in a sense that allows us to keep it as some little holy huddle uh, to be God's people is to be uh, to be God's hospitality out into the world? Um, do we have a posture of wanting God for ourselves, either as a church as a whole, or in our own lives? How conscious are you of having your own personal God, so to speak, uh, uh, in the way that you live? Do you long to see? god's blessing flow from you into those that you work with that you live with your neighbors your friends of course culturally here in tw1 uh, dinner invitations don't quite work in the same way as the story it would be it would it would be jolly awkward wouldn't it to walk up to (laughs) some chap on the street and say come to my party Um, If you had any sense, he'd say, absolutely not. Um, But what's the equivalent? Um, Let's maybe just take a moment or two to reflect on what might be the equivalent in our lives. Uh, What might it look like to be the hospitality of Christ uh, to those who cannot repay us? Let's just take a moment to think about that. As you think about your faith, do you experience it as a calling, an invitation to a banquet? Or do you experience it as a dry, uh, obedient uh, thing? Father, thank you for the invitation uh, that you give us. Thank you that it is to something full and rich um, and full of joy. Thank you that it is a welcome into your home, into your family. Uh, And I pray that you would help us to see our faith that way. Um, You'd help us to know your invitation in our lives and that you'd help us take that invitation seriously in the way that we respond. And may we be a blessing uh, of hospitality in your name uh, to all those uh, that we come across this week.